0: Welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OutOfLimitsRadio dot I'm your host Ryan. Tonight we have an amazing guest, a medical intuitive, who's also a serial entrepreneur. But before we begin tonight's program, I need to bring some of your attention. That is probably some it's, it's sad news. Facebook today purged six hundred pages just deleted them without warning. And so did Twitter. Most of the pages were anti-war, were pro-peace, were pro-liberty. Just completely gone. No warning. They're saying, oh, I violated some of the guidelines. 1984 is here. Anytime you have corporate censorship, corporate censorship is government censorship. So, the evil forces behind the Iron Curtain are trying to prevent you, don't want you to know what's really going on, they're trying to protect uh, a secret, or a number of secrets, who knows what they're trying to do, but any form of censorship, in any capacity, i find completely revulsive, and when it comes to the truth, I encourage you to continue to seek it at all different places, your intuition. What's in your heart cannot be censored. Your insatability for curiosity, for seeking wisdom, for seeking the truth, that cannot be censored. So when you see barriers like this, when you see the government and corporations working hand-in-hand to prevent you from attaining information, that's when you should be seeking it hardest with the most intensity. Let us begin tonight's program. Joining us now is Julie Ryan. She is a medical intuitive. She can sense what medical condition, conditions and illnesses a person has. She's probably picking up the fact that my liver is way overworked because I have discovered some new IPAs. She's going to translate some messages. And she can also facilitate energy healings. She can see energy fields. You can learn more about Miss Julie Ryan by going to us website at AskJulieRyan.com. Ms. Ryan, welcome to our program. So great to have you.
1: Thanks, Ryan. I'm delighted to be here. And by the way, I don't know what shape your liver's in because I'll have my radar turned on. Okay. I turn it on and – yeah. You have
0: to – so you, you, you plug in a radar? Is it plugged into a USB? How does it work?
1: No, nope, It's all in my brain. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: <laughs> I don't want to know about – wherever my brain is, I can do it. So it's really convenient.
0: <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm wondering just off the top because I imagine I'm probably not the only person who drinks some beers, but – are you giving your liver a healthy workout by giving it some alcohol once in a while? Just to say, hey, you know, you're not doing it all the time. You just want to keep it in shape the same way you run in order to keep your body in shape.
1: Well, if that's what you want to believe in, that's just perfect.
0: But that that what I want to believe? It's What What about your experience with it,
1: hand observing? <laughs> uh, I, it's, uh, if I'm working with somebody who is an alcoholic certainly their liver looks like it's a mess and i think the body can tolerate it some of it It just everybody's different it just depends on what your gut biome's doing and what the makeup is and you know there are about a bazillion factors that come into play okay so
0: you're a businesswoman also an inventor and author and a serial entrepreneur so between all of those you became a medical intuitive. How did you become medical intuitive? And also, what exactly is a medical intuitive?
1: Great question. A yeah. medical intuitive is someone who uses energy to help diagnose and facilitate healing with medical conditions. And I am a, a, as you mentioned, an inventor. I'm, I've invented surgical devices, orthopedic surgery devices, Ryan, that are sold throughout the world and have been for close to 30 years now. And I have started uh, nine companies in five different industries over the last 35 years. That's
0: amazing. And,
1: and I was in, always had my fingers in the medical business on the supply side of the equation. And someone gave me a book. Oh, I guess I was in my mid-30s, and I read it, and it was about a medical intuitive, and I'd never heard that name or that term before, and I thought, what the heck is this? And so I read it, and I was interested, and that was back in the day before we had Amazon or really even the Internet, much of the Internet. So, Ryan, I went to a bookstore. Whoa! <laughs> so, yeah. Yep, and right. um,
0: just to give everyone a heads up, especially you millennials out there, that means – going outside you walk outside that's, your house and you see the 3d graphics outside you're not using your phone so sorry please continue
1: that's right so i found a book about uh energetic healing that was written by a former nasa physicist and that did picked my interest, and I read that, and after reading that, I, I called her school, which her name was Bar- is Barbara Brennan. She's still alive, and I called her school and said, do you have anybody? I was living in Nashville at the time, and I said, do you have anybody in Nashville that's a graduate and or is teaching your curriculum? And sure enough, they did, and so I met a woman there, and uh, started studying with her and took formalized classes for six years, Ryan, and still, she's still... A dear friend and mentor and teacher for me, and uh, I don't do classes anymore. But over the past 25 years, I've taken the knowledge that I learned about quantum physics and energy, and uh, come up with my own methodologies, methodologies and uh, techniques. And and I work with people all over the world now.
0: It's really amazing. And before going a little bit more about your ability with being a medical intuitive. What you've done, starting this many companies in such a short period of time, what do you think has been the secret to your success? Do you meditate? How are you able to facilitate so much consciousness through your body and being able to manifest incredible things, And again, in a short number of uh, time on Earth?
1: I didn't... At that point, I wasn't doing meditating or anything like that. I, I did exercise, but... I wasn't doing anything out of the norm. I think it's a, a DNA thing, really. I think entrepreneurs are, are half our nature and half are nurtured. I certainly didn't grow up in a home with an entrepreneur, but I think I have a, just a natural level, a high level of curiosity. And when I would find something that was interesting, I would explore it and after I started my first company at 25 I had enough money to take some of that and start other companies but they weren't in the same field necessarily so I just looked for opportunities usually before they would arise and then uh, try to capitalize, capitalize on those
0: Okay now, did your sensitivity to things how did it progress and was there anything that you had done that accelerated the progression of your sensitivity.
1: My psychic ability you're talking about? you, know, you the,
0: your, your, your psychic ability, your sensitivity to perceiving information, your sensitivity to becoming inspired, your sensitivity or the ability to manifest. I guess it's a it's kind of open. It's like what have what what things were you doing in your life that were allowing more energy to come in? that were allowing you to become more sensitive, that were allowing you to all of a sudden do things in your life in that present moment that you had not been able to do in your life previously?
1: Well, I think as an entrepreneur once, and you know this, you're an entrepreneur, once you take that initial step and move through the fear, I always focus on what the end result is, and I trust that the people I need to show up are going to show up when I need to meet them to show up, basically. And that's happened in every area of my life, business and personal. And it's it got to the point, I would say, probably even by the time I was 30, that it had happened so often that I just expected. I started expecting it, and I still expect to this day. I just trust that whoever's going to show up is going to be who I need to talk to. And I've learned throughout the the past 30 years to lessen my control of things and stay focused on what the outcome is that I want, and then that's when the magic happens. And, the like, all of the variables come into play, and and I get what I want.
0: That's awesome. Is there – Have there been two or three particular books that you read that you connected with on a deep level that opened or changed your perception?
1: Yes. Um, uh, The Barbara Brennan book, Hands of Light, for the medical intuitive stuff, that absolutely was really a pivotal book for me. The other one in business that I read was um, The World is Flat. And uh, and by Thomas Friedman. And that really opened my eyes because what I did was I then emulated some of the really big companies as far as outsourcing. So my manufacturing uh, for one of my companies was outsourced to a great big, huge global multibillion dollar company. Uh, my customer service was outsourced to a firm in Manila. My accounting was outsourced and I had it set up that where when somebody would order a product, they would either do it online or on the phone. The, the call would be received in Manila. Manila would send an email to the manufacturing plant, which was in Mississippi. They would ship the product. They would ship a, they would then email a shipping log back to Manila. Manila would notify the customers and, um, and it worked like a charm and also, my uh, accounting firm would get notified via email as well. And so the invoices normally went out in some instances before the product was even shipped. So when I sold that company, Ryan, <laughs> the buyers and the venture capital guys and people that were looking at buying it, they were saying, we've never seen this before. How did you come up with this? I, mean, I don't know. I just came up with it. And it came from from really the information that I gleaned from The World is Flat, that delta used offshore customer service and you know all these big huge companies outsource a lot of their manufacturing and their other different business areas my thought what the heck if they can do it i can do it awesome and it worked great
0: yeah there are a lot of people who are entrepreneurs small business owners Mm -hmm. what is the difference Mm -hmm. between somebody who is, is successful and somebody who is exceptionally successful Oh, I
1: think I think that's an individual call. So success to some people is being able to have your own deal and be your own boss and do all of that. It's success to somebody else is a dollar figure. I think it just it's very individualized depending on the individual person.
0: Got it. And one of the things I love reading about your bio is that you say that I'm not one of those psychics who's been talking to people. Dead people since your childhood and i guess you learned the basics of doing energy work so i
1: learned how to do all this psychic stuff and energy work yeah how did you
0: how did you do it and is there can people emulate your same steps and achieve the same result
1: oh i i think we're all psychic we're all intuitive brian we've all had situations in our lives where we think of somebody and we receive a phone call from them or we run into them seemingly out of the blue. But that's not out of the blue. We're, we're, we're telepathically communicating with others all the time. You know, when you meet somebody, sometimes you have a really good vibe from them. Sometimes you're like, Law, I don't know that I really want to be around this person. And um, that's all psychic ability. We all have the ability. It's just learning to enhance it.
0: Okay. And with advanced psychic perception, do you get visuals? Do you hear things? Does your sense of feeling pick up dramatically, or are the answers a lot more crystal clear, as if you were hearing a voice within?
1: All of the above. Okay. All of the above. I I'm a visual learner, so most of my information initially will come in visually, and then I'll have uh, telepathic communication where. I call it, I laugh when I call it divine downloads at times, where it's known as direct knowing. Uh, I hear, I can hear auditory things. Um, that It's more telepathic communication. I think people think they're going to hear something, and that's not very common. Uh, I'll hear something like if I'm somewhere and I don't have my radar turned on and and I'll, I'll hear something, and then I'll turn my radar on, and then I'll be able to see what's going on. That's how that works. I do interpret kinesthetically as well. If I get a thought on something and it leads me to a statement or some kind of a question, oftentimes I'll feel vibration, like goosebumps with that, and that, that I've learned through the past 25 years of doing this is just validation that I'm on the right track. Excellent.
0: Well, in addition to being a serial entrepreneur, writing books, you have some other skills, and the skills are: you'll be able to scan animals, access people's past lives, remove ghosts from homes and other buildings, and you can also tell how close someone, is to, how someone, how close someone is to death. That's awesome. I have to say that you're probably one of the most skilled and interesting people we've had on the show. So, congratulations! That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I guess I have to ask you: um, you know, if I'm if I'm am I close to death? I'm just curious. If, if it is, yes. if No, it's okay. I'm just curious. I, I guess that you, well, if you can tell if someone's close to death, I figured, hey,
1: why not? Just be curious. Yeah, yeah, I can. Well, well. I'm sorry. i, spot. I'm just, I curious. just. Yeah, no. I just put my I turn my radar on. It takes me a nanosecond, right. and I, you know, I laugh per your your point you just made. I say I'm a businesswoman that does woo woo, and I'm a buffet of psychicness
0: uh, because. <laughs>
1: You know, I do It's all awesome. That it's awesome that you're
0: incorporating both into it because, I don't know what you think, but I feel that all information is consciousness. All, I mean, they're like, so well, there's a battle oh, between science it. and mysticism. I know that we're all conscious. Like, how is science and mysticism not part of a, another way of explaining the, the totality of something? I don't understand
1: it. Oh, you're absolutely right on that. And as an example of that, obviously being an inventor of surgical devices, I was in and out of the operating room for decades all across the country, and oftentimes when I watch healings in my mind's eye happen, they will emulate actual surgeries that I've seen performed in the operating room. I can, I can name the instruments. Yeah. I can tell you what devices they're using. I can read the anesthesia equipment when somebody's in surgery real time. Um, and oftentimes I will not only watch that, but then I'll see a procedure or a device or an instrument be used that I don't think has been invented yet. And um, I watch stem cell energy get utilized to generate new body parts, um, tissue, bone, brain matter, whatever. I watch uh, DNA get recoded with cancer patients and other patients that have a genetic situation going on. It's called genome editing, where the mutation in the DNA gets corrected. I watch strands of DNA come out of the chromosomes, and I watch them get refigured. And that's really fascinating. And it's hilarious, Brian, when that when it it changes scans or blood tests or something and the doctors are going, What the heck? And the, and the patient's going, Yeah, I get this woman I'm working with, she does voodoo medicine <laughs> and the doctor's like, Okay, good, tell her to continue. But uh, it's I think one of them. Yeah, I have doctors send patients to me from all over the world when they can't figure out a diagnosis. Okay. and I can um I can help them with that. Oftentimes I'm on conference calls with teams of medical professionals, um, that are caring for an individual patient and I'll be able to tell whether the methodologies and the, you know, the physical therapy or whatever that's going on, if it's generating new, new nerve patterns or, or healing the muscle or whatever. So I'm kind of like a secret agent in some ways with <laughs> doctors but but i but the important thing is i don't scan anybody without their permission so i don't leave my radar turned on right and i i just think that's unethical and so if i if somebody says can you scan my child i'm going to ask that child for permission telepathically and if i get a no i won't do it because i just don't think it's right
0: well Thank you. And NSA, who's monitoring every phone call, maybe you should take a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the so, Julie Ryan example there.
1: <laughs> but, but to your question a couple minutes ago, of, yeah. are you dying? I'm going to yes. get you on my radar. No, you're not dying. Your spirit is in your body. Cause it's a, attached yeah, to your know, body. Because yeah. yeah.
0: my, my wife's like, it's, you, you're not allowed to die until markets is paid off. I'm like, all right. I'm, so I, just, I made a promise to her. I could. Hilarious! Yeah, Hilarious. no, can tell him. I'm to tell him. Listen, wait, baby. I like, I like May baby. I mention
1: how I know that? How I know you're not dying?
0: Um, can
1: I? Sure. Go into that first. Yeah, second? absolutely. Okay.
0: Sure, that's wonderful. Oh.
1: Okay, most of us have heard or been taught through religion or through, you know, some kind of new age thing or we've read whatever that the spirit is in a body having a human experience. Okay. What I perceive, Ryan, is that the body's in the spirit having a human experience. Because if you look at at a painting or a picture of, for instance, a religious figure, oftentimes they'll be depicted with a halo around their head or around their whole body. That's their energy field. It's their spirit. It's their soul. It's all the same thing. If you look at a picture or a photograph of somebody and it shows their aura, same thing so guess what we're all holy we're you know we're all we all have spirits we all have energy fields and and that's what that is that's depicted the spirit is the energy power source for the body which is why when somebody dies their spirit leaves their body and their body doesn't work anymore and so when somebody's dying the spirit evacuates from the body it's all holographic through the top of the head, and it looks like a bubble, like in a cartoon, you know, the caption where the words are. And and then there are other different things that happen. Deceased loved ones' spirits are present. There are angels that are present when somebody's dying, and they go into different configurations. I call that the 12 phases of transition, and that's in my book, Angelic Attendance. And so you have none of that going on, so I know All you're right, just God, very I'm yeah. very thankful.
0: Also, yeah, and by the way, Angelica Tenants, what really happens as we transition from this life into the next? If you look on Amazon, it's got 46 five-star customer reviews. So just getting to that right now. So if you persons, is going to die. I mean, you know, sometimes people die suddenly, which I think is the absolute worst. If mm-hmm. you, you're talking to someone and they're like, hey, you know, I'm doing okay. And you sense and you see these angels around them. Do you say, hey, you know, hey, by the way, you know, you got this around you. Is it do you you pick that up?
1: I I absolutely do. I absolutely do. And I don't edit anything that I get. Again, it's an ethical thing. I believe if I'm getting the information, who am I to decide whether or not that person needs to hear it. I believe I'm the conduit. I'm the communication device. And yes, I don't edit anything that I get.
0: That's really wonderful. And
1: what? But along those lines, if somebody's dying, what I do is I'll refer them to my website, AskJulieRyan.com. And on that website, Ryan, is a graphic of the 12 phases of transition, which shows how angels are positioned, how deceased loved ones are positioned, how spirits of, of deceased pets are even there. And so it adds a glorious component to something that's really frightening for all of us. And I find in working with families over the past 25 years that it's not so much we're afraid of what's going to happen when we die. We're afraid of what's going to happen as we're dying. You know, wow. that's, the, that's the scary part.
0: I, I'm one of the few people I know that, that kind of is excited about going to hell because it's going to be awesome because all the cool people are there. If you listen to Billy Joel song, <laughs> only yeah. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. I'm like, Billy Joel has it. That's why I make it a point every day to sin.
1: I, well, here, I got a newsflash for you. Yes. Here's the newsflash. All right, you ready? Yes. Everybody goes to heaven. Oh, all dogs go to heaven. Really? All people go to heaven, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Everybody. Everybody's carried off by angels. Everybody goes to heaven. Hell, is, hell and fire and damnation and all that stuff was created to control the masses by, by governments and religions and all of that. It doesn't exist. You doesn't mean, exist.
0: Are you telling me that the person that we're likely having political discussions with and we disagree with and we have arguments with, they're going to the same place we're going? We have to go spend eternity with that
1: person? Well, the part that you're missing in that is all of that drama and everything, all the personality stuff stays with the body when oh, the body okay. dies. All right, Every spirit is pure love and light and pure pure essence, pure energy. You're divine.
0: That's, um, all right. Well, that's comforting. So, okay. So, we leave this here.
1: One of <laughs> the things I was <laughs> thinking
0: about is when you were getting these knowings about medical procedures, I was thinking yeah. about Edgar Casey. I was thinking about a gentleman named Lou Smith. We interviewed his son on the show, and he was doing all kinds of innovations. And were you getting this information? Did you feel from source, from uh, the Kasuk records of human consciousness, all past, present, and future? Or did you ever get the feeling that you were getting this information from other civilizations that were in a much more evolved state that were translating their techniques and their frequencies to you?
1: All of the above. Okay. All of the above. I believe that there hasn't ever been an original idea in the history of mankind. I believe that all... Ideas are floating around in the ethers and when we become a vibrational match to that then those ideas come to us and so when I'm scanning somebody medically for instance I I close my eyes and I watch a laser beam come from my body and it cooks into them wherever they are anywhere in the world and then I shoot energy into them and it says if I'm looking at a hologram of them, Ryan. it's Kind of like, beam me up, Scotty, from the Star Trek days, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and then I watch the energy go to wherever it's most needed first. And it will show up as something's broken, something's inflamed, something's whatever. And then immediately after, I will watch an energetic healing occur. Something can get sucked up, something can be added. I watch, like I mentioned before, sur- energetic surgical procedures happen all the time. Uh, and I describe to my clients what I'm watching. And, uh, and then I, I will get information when I'm plugged into them. It's called a bioplasmic streamer that I use to connect in with them. And I'll get information that will come into my head. For instance, I was talking with a family one time with a, a, um, a mom and a dad of a, I don't know, first grader or something, old girl. And she kept coming home with headlights. And they said, We can't use this shampoo on her repeatedly because it's too toxic. And they said you can only use it once or twice. And they said, every time we send her back to school she's getting reinfected by some other kid who's, you know, they keep reinfecting each other. So what I got in my in my head was rinse her hair with apple cider vinegar. And I thought, Well, oh, okay. I never heard of that, but what the heck? So we Googled it, Ryan. Sure enough, there's pages <laughs> online of that. I got, I, I was scanning a cat recently. The cat had a viral infection. The, mo- the, the mom, the owner didn't know what to do with the cat and I got feed it cooked chicken and rice. Well, I've never owned a cat. I never heard of that. Again, we Googled it and there was tons of information on there. Lots and lots of posts. About, you know, this is the best thing to feed your cat when your cat's uh, stomach, stomach is upset. So, so that's how information comes to me. Once I'm plugged into somebody, I see it visually. It's coming in direct knowing, telepathically. It's coming in kinesthetically. And I just combine all of them and don't even think about it because I just have done it for so long.
0: And when you were dealing with something in your own life, a personal trial, or tribulation, Does that Mm -hmm. impact the variance of your vibration? Does that impact the ability to present the information crystal clear? Or do you find that sometimes you will have a moral bias to some degree based on the person that you are particularly reading?
1: Great question. When I was being trained, And again, I went through six years of formal training. It cost me four times the amount of money to put myself through that training than it did to put myself through four years of bachelor's degree in college, by the way. Um, I had pounded, pounded, pounded into me how to be sure that I'm not involved in what's called transference, which is putting my stuff on somebody else, my personal biases, my personal whatever. And so... I, what what I do is I consider myself kind of like a jet flying across the country where it's always self correcting. You know, the computers on board are always self correcting. We think jets fly in a straight line, they don't. They're kind of going on zigzag. Well, I'm talking about a jet.
0: We always say turbulence. People, one of those
1: people, everyone falls asleep in a plane except for me. I'm always like freaking out. Yeah. So I'm always checking. And it's become second nature to me now to be sure that I'm getting the right information. So, for instance, if somebody says to me, should I go have chemo or should I should I um, avoid chemo? I've just been diagnosed with cancer, whatever. And how I've learned to come up with responses to those really tough life questions, Ryan. And, again, I'm all about the ethical thing. You know, what's going to be in this person's best interest? What I've come up with is that we all can do this and we can get divine guidance by asking a question in our head or aloud and we say, is it in my best interest to And finish the sentence. The first thing that pops into your head within a second is going to be divine guidance from God, the universe, your spirit guides, your deceased loved ones, the angels, I mean the whole group. If you take longer than a second to think about it, that's your brain that's going to answering you. And the other thing to remember is that spirits are very literal. So the more concise we can be in the questions that we ask, the better information we're going to get. For example, if you ask a question like, uh, is is it in my best interest to go to the concert on Thursday night? Seems like a good question. And you go to the concert and something happens, you know, and it's a nightmare. You're coming home going, hey, what's up with that? But if you ask, is it in my best interest to go to the concert on Thursday night at the A B C arena to see XYZ band? See how concise that is? Yes. You're gonna get you're gonna get information that's gonna be more usable. Okay. Okay, because parents are always gonna give you correct information, but it depends on how you ask the question. So if it's something that's life threatening or something that's really an you need a you know on the spot decision, preface it with at this moment in time is it in my best interest too.
0: Right. I want to pause you there for one second because it is that you're talking about, you know, getting the right message. Make sure you get the mm-hmm. intuitive right message. But I'm wondering what is the difference between getting divine guidance, spiritual guidance, and acting on an impulse of your body. I'll give an example of this. Two o'clock in the morning I wake up and i go should i have a bag of doritos now i know <laughs> on a metaphysical level no don't eat the bag of doritos go back to bed and continue dreaming of sheep however my body's like no the doritos are very nutritious and the gut feeling is pulling me towards the doritos so like i know it's my body telling me this but it's very hard because my body puts up a very strong convincing argument and i'm bringing this to your attention because i'm wondering how often and how easy can we be deceived by what we are doing based on our impulses of our body, which should be very strong, just like, you know, you go through a drug withdrawal, you have these incredible impulses, and knowing the difference between an impulse and knowing what your divine guidance is saying.
1: Well, I, that that is is just makes me think of, you know, an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other. Okay. Like <laughs> 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 yeah. we're you know, when we were little, we'd be like, Jerry's you know, just going, No, 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 don't no, do it. Like, oh, yeah, baby, go do it. Um, I think I think that's a great point, Ryan. I think that we do have um, physiological impulses and cravings, most of them originating in our guts based on what's happening with our gut biome. And, um, and I think that. That That is it in my best interest? To is a really good tool to use to be able to discern whether or not it really is in my best interest, or is it just my body's craving sugar or, or booze or whatever? And and it works really well to do that. You can also do it with other people and with animals and with whatever. You can you can ask. Is it in my? You can ask multiple choice questions. Is it in my best interest to eat carrot cake or chocolate cake? I, mean, <laughs> I, I tell people practice with it the more you do it the better you're going to get at it and practice with it with stuff that doesn't matter i use it when i'm driving is it in my best interest to take the freeway or to take surface streets if i'm running late or something like that it always comes in it's always it's always right there uh, so nice. did you eat the doritos
0: yes yes, i ate the doritos I I I, I I I did eat the Doritos and I woke up. And was like, oh, no, I, and I was like, no, a I was like, you know, having a discussion. I can't believe it. Like, why did I eat the Doritos? I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, sometimes I don't. I. It, that's why I brought it up because it's a back and forth. It's a little bit of a battle. <laughs> but I regret eating yeah. the Doritos. So in place of Doritos, I have, uh, you know, I'm going to drink some seltzer instead. But um, what are the other services that you provide? Which I thought really interesting.
1: Well, it's yeah.
0: scanning a house, checking a paranormal, because when I moved into a house, if I go anywhere and I get a creepy feeling that there's a ghost, there, I walk right out. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want any spirits following me. How was mm-hmm. that like for you? How do you actually go through clearing? And have you ever had an experience where the negativity was so strong within a house that you felt it was not worth your time and effort to engage that, knowing that you could be hurt permanently? because of the intensity of the evil that you are dealing with?
1: No, because all spirits are are love and light. I think that evil spirit thing has been concocted to, again, control the masses, sell books, do (laughs) movies, stuff like that. (laughs) It doesn't exist. As far as I'm concerned, I, you know, I don't believe it. it, it I've never encountered it in 25 years. Oh. What I do when I scan homes, I'm usually scanning homes because somebody is buying a house and they want me to scan the home so they can give a list to their inspector. And the inspector is <laughs> at the list going, okay, how do you know there's mold and the Eve in the upper left corner, you know, of a 30 oh. foot tall ceiling and whatever. Um, so I do that a lot, but, but as far as ghosts and stuff, actually there's a whole chapter in my book about this train wreck that I saw in an office building. It was wild, Ryan. And it oh. had, you know, it, it, it had ghosts opening doors and coming in and it, it was just wild. And, uh, and so in some cases, if there's a lot of paranormal activity, what I'll do is I will get them to go into the light. Usually ghosts don't know that they're dead. They're just spirits that are living a concurrent existence in the spirit world and also, you know, in this plane just, but they look like holograms of what they looked like at the time that they lived. It's pretty interesting because I'll see them in period dress oftentimes. And, and there have been situations where there have been, for instance, there's a, a woman whose house I scanned and she, she was having stuff happen like, like she had uh, cooking utensils on the wall, antique cooking utensils in her kitchen, and she and her daughters were fixing Thanksgiving dinner one time, and they watched these utensils come off the wall and go and land on the countertop. I would be <laughs> out of that house so fast, <laughs> I wouldn't even make the first it's commercial break of uh, it's
0: a haunting. The opening grants make it eyes out. No, probably solved. Yeah. Oh,
1: my God. So, so they said to me. They called me, and they go, "What the heck was that?" And so, what I what I got was there was a a man who who used to live there, and it had been a farm at one point. That where their housing development is now was a farm. And the woman that owned the house said, "Yeah, we found all these antique like farm tools and stuff in the garden, you know, buried in the dirt." And and it was um, a house in the deep south. And it, it was, I saw this man's son come in a Confederate uniform and he was looking for his daughter. And so I was able to bring in the daughter's spirit to reunite with the man that was looking for the daughter and the grandfather that was looking for the daughter. And then they went into the light together and there haven't been any more paranormal events in that home. So normally when that happens, it's it's somebody just that hasn't, they don't feel like they've finished their experience in that lifetime, and so it's a it's a concurrent reality. Does that make sense? And I'll see. But it's but it's really interesting because in that case with the Confederate soldier, what I did was I got the person's name who with the farmer, you know, during the Civil War period, they were able to go back and find the original deed to the land with the guy's name on it. So, And it's really fun with past life experiences, too, because oftentimes I'll get a name or I'll get information like here's the year. I'll always get a year and where it was and where the person lived and a little bit about what happened at that time, and then we'll correlate it with their current lifetime. But it's fascinating because I was doing a consult with somebody last week, and it was a woman. And she had been a man living in Holland, I think it was, and there were there was this army, some men that were in an army, and this is in the seventeen hundreds, early seventeen hundreds, that came through her property and caused problems. And um, and so I got the year and I got where it was and so we checked it online and sure enough there was a war going on. <laughs> These military people were crossing through exactly where we got where the location was and i promise you i have no um, i have no background in dutch history <laughs> i don't know i mean i don't know any of this i can't tell you about wars that were fought over there amazing the you're able so, to pick things up yeah it's really fun well, really fun
0: when it comes to guides i had a very i would, I like to think sometimes I tell people this is a strange experience, but it's not strange, strange to me because all these things happen. And I just accept them for what they are. But, Julie, I had a kind of strange experience where a very close friend of mine, it turns out that we both had a similar guide, actually the same guide, and it was strange. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, are there certain individuals at your level of understanding, at your level of commitment to the work that you're doing, do you have similar guides? Do you share similar guides to people who are at a very high level of success? And if so, who are some of those guides?
1: Oh, boy. I've never thought of that before. Let me think that for a second. My main guide is a, um, a pope named Clement Sixth. He's my main spirit guide. Most of us have Usually, I, I normally if I'm scanning somebody and they want to do they want to talk to their spirit guides. Normally, there are seven that will show up, Brian, and they stand behind the person in a kind of a horseshoe position. <laughs> it's so funny because they all appear initially as versions of Father Time, like Dumbledore in the Harry Potter movies or Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings movies. And some of them are tall and thin, some of them are short and fat, some of them are just regular. And they all show up as men, just and they're all wearing white gowns, long white hair, long white beards. That's just so I can identify that they're spirit guides, that's how they show up to me. And then when we pinpoint on individual ones, then they morph into what they look like in a lifetime that they live that correlates with what they're advising the person about in this current lifetime. So Clement the Sixth showed up in my life probably about ten years ago. And he showed up when I was with my mentor and she was doing a healing on me and my deceased loved one's spirits are in the room and and a couple of other guys. And in the, the left corner near my left foot, I'm laying face up on this massage table, this Pope, an old Pope outfit shows up. And I said, uh, can I help you? <laughs> and, and I said, who are you? And he said, uh, I'm Clement. And I said, there was a Pope Clement? And he said, yeah, I was number six. And he laughed about it. And I said, well, can I help you? And he said, yeah. He said, part of your goal, part of your mission in life this time around is to educate the world about what happens when people die. Because people are so afraid and there's no reason for them to be afraid. And so I said, no, you don't understand. I'm a businesswoman. I'm not putting myself out there. Afterwards, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm arguing with this dead pope for God's sakes. So – He just laughed and he goes, Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you will and, and I'm going to help you with it. So long story short, I go in my car to go home and I just for kicks, I Googled Pope Clement VI. Ryan, he was in office during the bubonic plague. Oh, wow. Where 60 some percent, I think it's like 68 percent of Europe died. And he's best known for his prayers for the dying and his prayers for the dead. And I thought, okay, Ryan, you can't make this stuff off. Well, hey, yeah,
0: that's a pretty high-profile yeah. guide.
1: Yeah. So um, I don't know if I share guides with other psychics. I've never looked into it. I've never had any interest in looking into it. So.
0: Okay. When, um, As a medical intuitive, I'm curious Right now, we live in a culture where a lot of people have cell phones. We have Wi-Fi going all over the place. I, I imagine that's probably having a negative consequence on our bodies. And I wondering, do you ever pick up any messages or um, insight at the long-term negative health effects of cell phones? And is there anything that we can be doing to strengthening our body to... Minimize the damage caused by all this excessive radiation that's ha- floating around in the earth? Yeah,
1: again, another great question. Thank you. Absolutely. I ground myself every night. There's a device that goes in my bed between the bottom sheet and the top sheet. And so I ground myself for eight hours or however long I sleep, you know, whatever, um, every night. I can really feel it when I fly because basically we're in a metal tube being pinged by radar for hours on end. And when I put this device into my bed in my hotel, I can feel tingles on my body for about less than a minute, but I know I'm being grounded. Um, I think cell phones, just avoid holding it next to your head. Have it on speakerphone, have earbuds. I think all this glioblastoma that we're seeing with the brain cancer, I absolutely think there's a correlation with that and with the cell phones. If you look online, there are uh, uh, thermography images you can see about how the heat is going into the head and the face. You know, it looks like an, it's colored and you can see where the red is as far as the, the way, you know, the um, EMFs going into the skull Um, yeah I think there's very definitely that I've I've read that some people what they'll do is they'll turn their phone on airplane mode at night or not even have it in their bedroom some people have gone to putting their Wi-Fi a switch on their Wi-Fi where they can turn it off at night when they go to bed some people go so far as to turn off all the electricity in their bedroom when they're sleeping I think that there's there's definitely a happy medium but I I do believe that there is something that we're gonna to need to but we're there's there are enough people raising enough questions that I think the science is starting to really evaluate seriously what's happening and not just listen to the you know, the cell phone industry. That's oh, like, oh, a no problem with it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think I think there definitely is something to that.
0: Another one skills is pet scanning and I've always yeah. wanted to know is there anything that we can do to prolong the life of our pets while minimizing the life expectancy of our in-laws?
1: <laughs> uh, no and no. That's a serious question. <laughs> well, I, think, I think I think with our pets, again as with humans, it's if we can do what we can to keep them healthy and give them exercise and lots of love and things like that. And uh, with in-laws, I think, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> yeah. know, if, if, if you have heartburn when your in-laws come to visit, what I've learned at this stage in my life, Ryan, is anything that feels bad to me, like I, it makes me, frustrated or mad or sad or whatever, it's just a red flag to me to look at it from a different perspective. So I think everybody has redeeming qualities, and so when the in-laws come to visit and they're just on your last nerve, just switch how you're looking at it to, well, maybe this person's really lonely, or maybe this person had a really rough life. And, you know, there are a bazillion different things you can do, but I think it's, it's a, an opportunity to pivot. And then that's going to make you feel better, and it's going to raise your vibrational level, which is going to make you feel better, too. Miss
0: Julie Ryan. I want to thank you so much for an engaging interview. It's so much fun. I think you had a lot of profound, wonderful insights. Julie's book is called What Really Happens as We Transition transition from This Life to the Next. And it's called Angelic Attendance. You can learn more about Miss Julie Ryan by going to her website at AskJulieRyan.com. Miss Ryan, it was a true pleasure and honor to have you with us. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. May I say one quick last thing?
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay, that is, I do a show every Thursday night, a podcast, Ryan, with a, with, it's, it's taped with a live audience and people call in from all over the world and they ask Julie Ryan, they ask me a question about anything that we've just talked about and I answer them. Last night I did my show and I think I got 12 callers on and 12 questions answered. That's so fantastic. it's really fun and it's free.
0: Yeah, and um, again, AskJulieRyan.com dot com. Click on podcast, and I see what are the ones that you have: diet soda, back pain, migraine relief, surviving grief. I mean, you, you cover a lot of interesting topics. and I love the fact that you customize graphics on each one. So obviously, you're putting a lot of time and effort and love into that. So that's wonderful.
1: Well, and that's just one question that's been asked. There are there are a multitude of callers with a multitude of different questions asked on every show.
0: Excellent, Miss Ryan. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our featured guest, Miss Julie Ryan, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Lisa Kaza, and Miss Constance Dallas. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at outolimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and fears. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening.
1: Goldman McCormick PR, also a specialist in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com for more information. Goldmanmccormick.com.